Ayers on the Road, Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Hello. We are here, not on the road. We're in our home today, which is nice because it's getting close to Christmas. It sure is. And we want to do something a little different on Ayers on the Road today. We want to basically give to you a Christmas gift that we think might last all the way through the new year of 2015. Can you imagine, Linda, 2015? I mean, how where do the years go? I It seems like it wasn't too long ago we were thinking, how can it possibly be the year 2000? Oh, I know. That was so amazing. We thought the world was going to stop at, the, at 2000. <laughs> we thought all the computers were we going to quit. We <laughs> put food storage in our place up at Bear Lake, enough to feed the whole Bear Lake Valley just in case. And uh, it really was an amazing time, and it, it seems like not that long ago. It's and here be it is, 15, 15 years. years later. But we, we've been thinking a lot about this new year of 2015. And, you know, here's an interesting thing, Linda. People all over the world, 2 billion people or so, are Christians, and they, and we all love and revere and worship the Savior Jesus Christ. And... Sometimes we have to ask ourselves, what are we doing about that? What are we doing on a regular basis to try to get to know Jesus Christ a little better? Now, Christmas comes around and we celebrate his birth and there's this wonderful spirit. But I think always with the Christmas season comes the question, what are we doing the rest of the year to really feel like we're improving as Christians and like we're really learning more and more about the Savior. Now, what does this have to do with parenting? Well, I think most Christians would agree it has everything to do with parenting and families because if we can focus our lives more on Christ, our families will be the beneficiary. Absolutely, and whether you're a Christian or not, I think people would agree, wow, it's such a crazy time in the world for Christians I have been so upset about the news stories about Christians being cornered and slaughtered and so on just for their religion, which seems like something from the eons ago, but it's still happening in the world today. But what, before we launch into this, I just have to say that there there are so many Muslims that also, well, Muslims revere Jesus Christ as a prophet. And uh, in fact, we were in Jordan, remember, uh, a couple years ago in a taxi cab. And the cab driver, um, somehow Christianity came up. He was a Muslim. And he said, oh, we totally revere Jesus. We believe in his teachings. Of course, they're Well, they think he was the greatest prophet next to Muhammad. Uh, Absolutely. Of course, Christians would disagree with that. But I guess the point you're making is that even those who are not Christians, many would want and welcome a way to know Christ better and to follow his teachings more more profoundly, more regularly. So you're right, Linda. I mean, it is Christ is universally revered throughout the world, even among non-Christians. About a third of the world is Christian, professedly at least, and the other two-thirds is not. But even the other two-thirds revere Christ. And so the thing we thought would be really fascinating to do kind of as a gift to you who listen to us every week, is to outline a program we developed many years ago with some other friends designed to help people through the course of an entire year 
become better acquainted with Christ and with his personality and with his nature by focusing on a slightly different facet of who he was and what he taught each week and maybe making those focuses primarily center around Sunday, around each each Sunday for an entire year, thinking about something slightly different, another aspect, another facet of who Christ was and what he means to us. Well, as teachings were so profound, we can't possibly um, we can't possibly uh, think too much about it, can we? I mean, we we need to keep it in our minds. And uh, actually, this has become a book over the years, which Richard wrote a long, long time ago. How many years ago? Well, wow. I, I, we should probably tell the story of that. We were. Um, at that point in our lives, serving as voluntary missionaries in London, England. And we were what's called in the LDS Church a mission president. And we had two, over 200 young missionaries who were doing humanitarian work and teaching the gospel and teaching about Christ and so on. And in our worship services, as all of you listeners know who are LDS, we have the sacrament of the Lord's Supper every Sunday. And at that time, we partake of the bread and the water, and we try to think back on Christ. And I remember distinctly one Sunday, while I was sitting on the stand and watching uh, dozens of missionaries during this sacrament time, I remember looking at them and wondering, what are they thinking about right now? Are they, are they, are they thinking about Christ? Are they, are they thinking of something new? Or are they thinking of the same thing they try to think of every week when they partake of the sacrament? What is going on right now in their minds? And I became a little concerned. I thought, is it too routine? Is it too much of a rote thing? Are they, are they just thinking, well, I love Jesus and Jesus died for me and I and I want to renew my covenants with him, which, of course, is what they should be thinking, what we all should be thinking during the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. But I wondered if that had become so routine for them that they weren't getting anything new out of it each week. Does that make sense? Yeah, <clears throat> it's something that I always struggle with. I mean, everybody has their own little thought processes and so on. And and I've always tried to think of what can I do to be uh more a disciple of Christ during the week, how, how can I help people, and so on. There's a lot of ways to think about it, but to focus your mind on a certain characteristic is really meaningful and really helpful to me. And so um, what we want to suggest to you is that uh, if you want to participate with us in this program, I don't know if that's the right word, but it's, a, it's sort of a plan that lasts a whole year with a different focus on each Sunday. And if you would like to participate in that, either steadily every Sunday or whenever you think of it and whenever you'd like to, then we want you to simply go to our website, which is called valuesparenting.com. And on the, on the left-hand margin, there's a little menu, and there's a spot on there that, that says, What Manner of Man? And we'd like you to click on that, and then you'll have these different weeks of the year going up to 48 weeks. We didn't do 52 weeks because we figured everyone, no matter how diligent, would miss at least four weeks sometime during the year. But 48 weeks 
each one, when you click on it, will be an outline of one aspect of Christ, one part of his nature, one facet of his personality. And we loved writing these. We loved putting them together because it caused us to really focus on what we do know about Christ based only on the scriptures and on the things that his apostles wrote and that we can now read and try to grasp who he was and what his magnificent characteristics were. Well, and also there'll be a link on byuradio.org and so that you can go directly to that, right? Right. And right. so uh, it, that's all you need to do is just go to byuradio.org and it'll get, a, get you connected. And, and we call the program What Manner of Man? And, um, you know, that's a wonderful scripture. It actually occurs in two places in the New Testament, and maybe talking about those would sort of be a lead-in, and then we're going to spend part of this show giving you kind of a, an overview of what some of these facets of Christ are. And again, as we do you can think about how that would help your family. This is a family show. This is a parenting show. This is a show about marriage and family relationships. And all of those things really um, help when they're Christ-centered. We believe that so strongly. But let's talk for a minute about those two scriptures, Linda, and how, how profound they are. What manner of man the first time it occurs is in the boat on Galilee where the storm comes up and the apostles fear for their lives. And, and interestingly, Christ is asleep. Jesus is asleep in the boat and they wake him and they say, carest thou not that we perish? How can, canst thou lie asleep? And, and the Savior essentially awakens and calms the sea stops the wave, stops the storm. And then the apostles say, what manner of man is this, that even the wind and the waves obey him? It's a beautiful scripture. It is beautiful and certainly a miracle, but um, shows the power that he had, not only with the wind and the waves, but with people and knew exactly how to get to their hearts. And then there's one other place in the New Testament where that same phrase is used. And it, this time it's the Savior himself speaking. And he says, what manner of men ought ye to be, even as I am? And so it's a, it's a wonderful phrase. What manner of man was he? And what manner of men and women are we? And can we try to follow his example in our parenting and in our daily lives? Well, and even if you're not a parent, if you're single, I mean, maybe it's even more important and, and easier to be focused on it because you're not so distracted. But it is so important to um, think that and be that and be better. So we'll come back right after this short break and get into some specifics about to give you an idea of what these weekly little bite-sized facets are of trying to think more about the Savior Jesus Christ. Be back in a second. Iyer's on the Road, Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Iyer. Hi, 
we're back and we're doing a little different, something different today because we're getting close to Christmas and we thought it would be fun and appropriate to talk about the Savior Jesus Christ. Um, even though everyone are not Christians that are listening to this, we mentioned at the first, um, other religions revere Jesus and his teachings, sometimes as much as we do. And, and again, over the years, we've found that parents who have a focus on Christ in their families are better parents, and the families work better, and there is more unity and cohesion within the family. In fact, we probably ought to tell one story about the origin of this, and then we'll get into some of these weekly facets of Christ that we're going to recommend you try during the year. Remember many years ago, Linda, when we were visiting with a man who was really our mentor in many ways, even going back to the time before we were married, and that was Stephen Covey. And you remember that time when we, we uh, somehow got in a discussion with him about what he thought really kept families together. And it was so interesting because he said he and his family spend their summers up on a lake in West Yellowstone called Lake Hebkin. And he said there's a lot of good families that go there for the summer and have their reunions there and, and everything. And he made the observation that he had sort of decided there were three types of families in terms of what their main focus was. And I've just been fascinated by this ever since. He said, there's one group of families that really focus on the church, on their religion, on being active in their faith and talking about the church and talking about the things it teaches and what they do on Sunday and so on. There's another group, he said, that's totally family oriented. It's all about their family. It's all about being united as a family and having family traditions and so on. And then he said there's a third group that is Christ-focused, that really focuses primarily on Christ. Now, of course, the three overlap and they all tie in together. But in his mind, it's sort of what is the main focus? Is it a religion or your church? Is it your family or is it Christ? And here was his thought that those who focus primarily on the family or primarily on the church seem to be more vulnerable to problems, to miscommunication, to other things, even though those are wonderful things to focus on, they're less stabilizing than the families who focus primarily on Christ. If that's the prime focus in his mind, then the family and the religion and the other things, the values, they'll all take care of themselves if the main focus is on Christ. Wasn't that interesting? I thought that was fascinating. And then looking through the families that we know, it really kind of held true for families that we knew as well. Um, I don't know. I just think sometimes we miss the focus of Jesus Christ in, in our families just because we're so busy trying to be a good family. <laughs> you know, we need family traditions and we need family this and that and we're, and family is, you know, so, so important. And, you know, we're, we're ones to talk, <laughs> say yeah, that because yeah. we really think everything revolves around family, but really everything revolves around 
Christ in our minds. And and we need to be sure the children understand that focus, especially as we get closer to Christmas, but all year long, as we talked about at the first of the show. Yeah, maybe use Christmas as a time to kick this off and then carry it on through the year. So let's give you an idea. When you go to valuesparenting.com and click on the little subtitle, What Manner of Man, you'll come to a menu that lists all the weeks of the year. And the first four, Linda, really have to do with the roles of Christ. Um, So the first, the very first week, you'll be dealing with the fact that Jesus Christ played every critical role on earth. And it lists the 17 important roles ranging from the firstborn son to the Savior himself. So you'll focus that week on what those roles are. Then the second week, you'll go to the pre-earth roles of Christ, to his role as the creator of the world. And on the third week, you'll go to the roles he played while here on this earth. And the fourth week, to the roles that he will play after his resurrection. Then when you get to the second month of the year, to the month of February, we'll spend the whole four weeks working on different facets of his joy, how great his joy was and what he taught us about joy, about his happiness in week six, about his optimism and positive attitude in week seven, about his gratitude in week eight. And just let me stop for a second here and just say it is so interesting to read through these and Interestingly, in this age of technology, we realized that our kids were not going to, we wanted to be in touch with them every week. Now our children are married, they're gone, they're strung across the world, and that they were not going to be taking this little book with them to church on Sunday or whatever they decided to do. And so it's become so easy to just send these to our children electronically so that it's on their phones and they can read this little aspect or a big aspect of Jesus while they're thinking about the sacrament. Then in March, we shift to the strength of the Savior. And Linda, you may want to just read these. In week nine. Um, It's his physical endurance and power. And wow, think about that. It's incredible. Then in week 10. The mental and emotional discipline that he had that we can emulate. Then in week 11. Um, his courage and fearlessness. And then in week 12, the last week of March. Um, his righteous indignation. I like that one especially because as parents, sometimes you have righteous indignation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these are all guides for parents. Then in April, we shift to the, the sensitivity of the Savior. And in week 13. Uh, we talk about his poetic sensitivity, which is Incredible when you think about the Sermon on the Mount and the poetry that he um, expounded every day that just came out of his soul. It's incredible. Then in week 14. His extra-centeredness. We all need that. How he was always focused on the needs of others. Then in week 15. Uh, His gentleness, patience, and forgiveness. Boy, that applies to parenting, doesn't it? And then in week 16. Um, his depth of feeling, and um, you can imagine what that 
is about. Then in the month of May, we shift again and focus on different aspects of the loyalty of Jesus Christ, starting with week 17. Humility and honor to the Father. And then week 18. Um, his devotion and dedication. And then week 19. Um, the whole concept of thy will be done. And then in week 20, oneness. his oneness with his Father, with God the Father. And so you can see how these kind of progress from, from week to week. Then, and, and you can also see how they apply to parenting and marriage. I mean, you know, oneness and marriage and patience and all those things that we need as parents. Then in June, perhaps in some ways the epicenter of who Christ was, for the whole month, the four focuses are on the various aspects of the Savior's love. So in week 21, the whole idea that Christ is love, that that's where we gain the deepest appreciation for the, the full concept of love. Then in week 22... Charity, which is the pure love of Christ. And um, we actually have a daughter named Charity. And She's not what, always the pure love of Christ, <laughs> but most of the time. <laughs> then in week 23. Uh, his compassion and empathy, just some examples of that. And in week 24. His uh, mag, magnanimity. Mag, magna, How do we say that? Magnanimity. What a word, magnanimity. And friendship. Then in the month of July... An interesting shift to the leadership of Christ, the aspects of his nature that we can learn from regarding leadership, starting with the wonderful word charisma. It's a word we use politically today, but of course the root of that word is Christ and how he attracted people to him and was able to influence them through the power of his personality. And then in week 26, goals and plans, we all need that. His incredible ability to set goals and carry out plans. And then in week 27, his total example um, of everything good that we should strive to be. And finally, the last one in July on leadership, his revolutionary uniqueness, which is so true how completely Jesus Christ turned the world upside down. Then in August, we shift to his teachings. And in week 29, first of all, his preparation. He had a lot to do to get ready for what he was going to teach. And we can learn so much from that. Then in week 30, his understanding, how he always sought to understand before he sought to be understood, something we all need to do more within our families. And then in week 31, um, the imagery and vitality and power that he carried with him. So we could go through the rest of these, but you get the idea that each week, and by the way, these little vignettes are only about, they're about a hundred words. They, they take only maybe two or three minutes to read. And the idea is just to reflect on those on Sunday while we're in church, while we're partaking of the sacrament of the Lord's Supper, and then 
to let that focus carry over into the week and think about how do I apply it? How do I apply it in my family? How do I apply it in my daily relationships? Well, and just emphasize again, I mean, we are immersed in the Christian world here in our part of the world, but there are people who all over the world who are worshiping Christ and admire him, whether it's a Buddhist or whether it's a Muslim or a Jew. Um, there are so many great lessons that can be learned, and it certainly can improve our lives, especially at Christmas time as we focus on him and his work. So uh, thanks for staying with us. This has been a little different than most of the shows we do, but honestly, we feel like Christmas time is a time to really be um, a little more spiritual in our approach to parenting, a little more aware that we all need help. We need help from a higher source. We need an example, and we need to measure ourselves against the ultimate example of Christ. And for what it's worth, our conclusion is that the more Christ-focused we can be within our families, the more peace we'll feel, the more joy we'll feel, the more obedience we'll feel from our children. Wouldn't that be a great thing? That would be a great thing. We do just want to wish you all the very very most Merry Christmas, but hoping that we can be a little more Christ-centered. And of course, Santa is the one who really is brings the spirit of Christmas in a different way, and that's for a different show. But we do want you to know that we love the example of Jesus Christ, and we hope that you jo will join us in that. So we'll see you next time on Ayers on the Road.